When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hope you're well. Merry Christmas and thank you for joining us on our latest tripe supper, which may well turn out to be our last tripe of the year. We'll, we'll see about that. That's a plan still in process. Um, it hasn't been a great few weeks, but obviously the defeat to Burton on Tuesday night was, was pretty disastrous. That wasn't in the, uh, that wasn't in the plan book. Um, it, there's been concerned a reaction, Phil, which, which you'd understand. Is, is there any reason to be gravely concerned or is this the blip that we hear that every championship promotion chasing side will have at some point over the course of the season? I think it is a blip in some respects. Um, I wouldn't be gravely concerned but I am concerned about how strongly some fans have turned. Fans that um, I think we all know who normally are fairly sober um, supporters who take a lot for them to sort of turn on the manager. A surprising number of them have kind of almost had enough already. Which is surprising because Borough, you know, going to the Reading game in the top six, they should have been in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. They're not, obviously. Which is, I think, sometimes if you lose a cup game, you can have more impact than sometimes a bad run in the league because it polarizes everybody. You can't, you can't, you can, you can use excuses to 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 to, to um, excuse the, the defeat at QPR, perhaps the weather or the referee or whatever Tony Pulis decides to come up with. You can't use an excuse when you lose to Burton because. You've lost to a league one side, a, a mid-table at best league one side, um, in front of your own fans. You had home advantage. You had everything in your, you know, in your favour. And I think sometimes you get a result like that. It always takes me back to the time when Robbo uh, was manager and Borough lost two cup ties in the space. It was a couple of weeks thick, wasn't it? Wrexham yeah. and Tranmere. And and I remember the fallout on the back of that. And that was probably the first time in a long time a lot of Borough fans had turned on Robbo and and obviously Gibbo stuck with him in the end, but. So they do get examples where there seems to be a bit of a shift. And I think, I think the biggest problem for Tony Pulis in keeping the fans on board is he really needs to do what Leeds have done and win a five or six game spell and, and, and try and kind of help the fans forget about what's just happened over the last couple of weeks. Because one win here and one win there... It becomes like yeah. you're trudging... It's like, it was like when Monk, Monk suddenly, from probably Card- the Cardiff game onwards the Derby game onwards. You felt like it was only ever one bad result for another pasting off the fans. But it yeah. feels like that now. And yeah. the, the thing is, it's the nature of the beast. If you have a manager that sets his stall out to be functional uh, and says it's about results, not aesthetics, then uh, really you have to deliver on that. I mean, people are perfectly happy to sit and watch a team grind out 1-0 wins. The, if, if the same grind isn't producing results, you know, they can get disenchanted really, really quickly. And in some ways... If you rewind to the the Karanka era, it was similar then. A lot of people weren't happy with the style of football. Defensive, deep possession, one up front, a grind. Why doesn't he put two men at work? Why don't we go with two strikers? Why aren't we doing more attacking? Uh, Goal difference is not going to get you promoted. A lot of the arguments are the same. And you can even rewind further back. And we kind of went through the same uh, uh, scenario with Steve McLaren. Steve McLaren was rigid, organised, defensive, solid, played one up front. And although you know, the, there were times when he went gung-ho in the Cups 
uh, when we had a lot better players. You've got to remember, for, for long spells in the league, a lot of fans were really disenchanted with Steve, mm. Steve McLaren. So I think that's the nature. If you play a certain type of football, then you're not giving people uh, the emotional padding that you have with you know, a gung-ho approach and people say, oh, great, I can't, look, can't wait till we get the match today. We're going to really go for it. Because they know that's not the case with, with mm. a Tony Pulis side. I completely take that point and agree, but... Even even when there was those um, moans about Karanka's approach, Karanka's playing style, there was a buzz surrounding the yeah. club that, that isn't there this yeah, year. I think, I yeah, think that's com- because there was progress at the time. Well, we I, start I, from a very low base. I, I, I personally think that a lot, a, a, a lot of people, maybe it's not everybody, but a lot of people bought into the Karanka project. He was a foreign manager, the Borough's first proper foreign manager. The club had been on a bit of a slide for a long time and a lot of years out of the Premier League. There's a new generation of fans coming through who hadn't really sampled a bona fide promotion campaign. The previous one had been 1998. So, so if, if, personally, I feel there's an element of this season of, oh, here we go again. And because there, was, there, were, there were a lot of moans when Burrow in the top two. You know, it's not that long ago that Bournemouth, sorry, West Brom thumped Leeds. off against Rotherham. You know, what was the, well, where were Burrow the night West Brom beat Leeds? Were the top two? Might have even been top. Something in that area anyway. So, you know... Even even in the cranky years, Burrow didn't often occupy the top two for that long. So, I think he's being held to a slightly different standard. Yeah, I don't think the football on a lot of occasions has been quite as bad as people make out. I think there are, you know there are question marks to be asked about aesthetically. You know, is it pleasing? Supporters have the right if they pay the money to, to demand a certain style of football. Whether they get it or not is a different matter. What I do think is emerging, and what what's been worrying from the last few matches, is that Burrow seemed to be a little bit caught in a. A time warp, you know, he's, uh, it was it was concerning the way QPR took Borough apart. A, a very average QPR side um, played them off the park, really. Uh, you know, in football terms, Borough looked lumbering, they looked slow, um, and it's, and you know, you think of the first half against Derby, Borough got played off the park. Aston Villa were were comfortably the better side. Um, it's really got to go Preston. back to yeah, you know, Preston for the first twenty minutes, Borough were all over the shop. Um, Forest with a better team on the day. And I know Tony Pulis pulls out, well, if we'd taken that chance, then it would have been a different story as well. If he and it was your uncle, you know, you can, you can only use those excuses so many times before it becomes a pattern. You know, Borough don't score enough goals, we know that. And now they're starting to concede goals, as Vic's pointed out lately. So, I do think, I, I totally agree with the point that Vic makes about if you play that style of football, you've got to be successful. And what I would say is, I don't think Borough are playing that style of football as well as they should be. If you're going to be a big, strong imposing, powerful, almost route one team, then be that. But don't just, you know, going back to the sort of old days of the genuine long ball football of John Beck and, and Wimbledon teams, you know, teams like that, Cambridge. It was a very simple plan. You lumped the ball from your own half and you chased it and you won it. You, won, you, won, you didn't always win the ball. It, first off, you won second possession or whatever you call it. You know, you won back possession in the opposite. You won it deep. You forced throw-ins deep. And you force set pieces, and you got the ball in the box. You got big, horrible strikers on the end of crosses. Borough aren't doing that. They're neither fish nor fowl. They're not. They're not a football, pretty footballing team, and they're not really at the moment a successful long ball team. And I think that's the problem. You can make all the excuses you want about the lack of width and the lack of penetration. We know all about that, but we've known that all season. Borough, Borough had to turn the sort of trial last season to resolve that problem. So, I think the part of it is if you're going to have a philosophy, then play that philosophy. And I think people would probably more likely to go with you if that was the case. But 
you watch Burr at the moment, you're not quite sure. Well, what is the game plan? Is it? It doesn't seem as though you want to get the ball up forward that quickly because there's no there's nobody ever up to help the striker when the ball does get up there. Mm. You know, the, the Hugo left left explores. Britta longer on the left. Well, you know, he's a finisher. He's a fox in the box. He's not a, a wide player, if ever there was one. You know, where's the goals coming from? Bessic, where's Housen's goals? He's they're, they're both well, certainly Housen's a bona fide goal scoring midfielder. You know. I don't, I don't quite get the message thing. I'm never quite sure why Burra bought him back in the first place. He's got those flashes, but then so has Braithwaite. Too many players, to me, aren't playing in their strongest position or aren't playing as well as they can do. I, I, I agree with that because of the, the, the set-piece thing. Um, I had Nigel Clough talking about how much of a, set, how much of a threat Burra are from set-pieces. Tony Mowbray talking about um, how Ryan Shotman coming back was a big boost for the threat from throwing. But Borough don't look a threat from set pieces. They, they haven't this season. No, no. Last season I thought they were. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't they this year? I mean, got they've Flint, got players. They've sure. scored nine Flint, goals last Flint, season. Flint, IR, like Hugo. They've got players. Yeah. George. I think possibly there's a confusion when the ball goes into the box. And, and certainly early on, you saw that Flint and Ayala were often making the same runs. So maybe they're getting in each other's way. Maybe other teams are now wise to it and are defending more astutely to it. And also, I think there is a question of uh, delivery. I mean, we saw early on this season that Lewis Wing was providing some really good delivery from from corners and free kicks. And I think that the, the set-piece goals that we have scored this season probably were in that first three or four games. Uh, it, 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 it's... We know that that is supposedly one of Tony Pulis's most effective parts of his armoury. Uh, we also know that Tony Pulis hasn't really got the full set of, of components for his machine yet as well. So maybe he is not putting so much emphasis on set plays because he doesn't think he has the right right people to do it. Well, I, I, wonder, I wonder what, what you need, though. <clears throat> well, if he hasn't got the right players now for set pieces... What, what are they missing? I mean, you, you can't imagine that Burn are lacking in height, but they're not, are they? You know, as you just mentioned, George Fend, Ayala, um, Dale Fry's a big lad. Got Stuart Downing, they've got Flint. the best crosser of the ball you've in got, the division. You've got, you've got shot and throws, Downing's delivery, as you, as Vic mentioned there, Wings' delivery. Um, it, it is, it is, it, it must be concerning Tony Pulis that, that, you know, what you'd expect to be one of the major routes of, of goals, major supply line of goals, just isn't functioning. Um, I wonder where he goes from here because there's a lot of games now coming up over Christmas and the New Year. There isn't really time to recalibrate. You know, the idea that we're going to get four game-changing players in January is a, probably a pipe dream. You might get one if you're lucky. Two would be an absolute miracle. So he's still going to have pretty much what he's got. Um, he's clearly not, you know, clearly not fit, have any faith in in, in Braithwaite. That's gone. Um, you know, it's as I say, it's not. There's, there's there's nothing crying out. You know, is there somebody on the bench who who, who maybe deserves a run? Paddy McNair, put him in mid central midfield where he belongs. I don't know that that it might take that kind of thing. You know, he's he's stuck. He's been loyal to quite a lot of players this season. He's picked Clayton just about. I know he had to win his place back in the team, but he's been loyal to Clayton um, recently. Flint. Friends played most games. Aidan Flint's played every game. I think obviously Randolph plays every game when he's available. Um, you, you've, you've got a you know, Downing plays pretty much every game you've got six or seven players eight players who don't really change week to week it's, a, it's just around the, 
the areas where there's a few doubts, so you, you maybe you might have a break where you find Tavernier gets a run, you get Savile, Savile gets the odd game. Um, you know, is it? He needs to decide who his striker is. You know this. Well, he's pretty sad, Danny. It's it's Hugel who's well, the striker. But I mean, Hugel needs to score goals, doesn't he? Otherwise, his his place becomes untenable because. You know, and I'm not. By the way, I'm not blaming John Hugel for a lack of goals because I think it must be a dog's like playing up front for Middlesbrough at the moment. But I think the big question with Tony Pulis is now if he sits, you know, with his coaches away from the whole thing and sets down and say, right, fellas, what we're we going to do? How are we going to regroup? What what can we change? I'm not sure the answer's really screaming out of him, you know, out at him. Other than uh, well, yeah, it goes gung ho. That will depend if he thinks. That it's a, a crisis. Yeah. yeah well, because if he if he has his philosophy and his style, then he's probably going to stick with it. And if he believes that this is just a blip, you know, we've had a few bad breaks in front of goal mm. and creating the chance. You know, the things we hear him say every week. Yeah. Then if he doesn't think that there's a really pressing problem, then he's more inclined to stick with what he's doing and what he's got than take a chance, make four changes and change of shape. Because that that potentially surely carries a far greater risk. And he could, if he you could start point chopping to, and changing and you get it wrong, then yeah. suddenly the people start saying, well, he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. In, he's in, his and in time. recent weeks, he could point to um, Preston, it didn't work, but the, the steady the ship with the change, the, yeah. the, the system didn't work to start with. Villa, Villa you're right, you have to write yeah, off as a shocker yeah, and every team hasn't. Blackburn, Pulis would argue that Borough were well positioned to go on and win that game. Yeah, although it's goalless at 0-0. Um, Burton... Again, it's a disaster, but he points to the three or four chance in the first half. So if Pulis steps back to look at it, he may well look and think, well, there's only been two or three dreadfully yeah. concerned. And it's also coloured by the split between home and away, because before QPR, they'd won three and drawn three of the previous six. So there isn't a massive pressing problem on the road where they're playing effectively the same style. The oh, problems at home, home is an issue. It is an issue, yeah. And then you have to think, well, why is that? Is it because teams are opposition teams are sitting deeper and sucking butter out, and that leaves a little bit more space behind them? And what we've noticed in recent weeks is that teams have got a borough by sucking them forward, then playing balls towards the fullbacks who are usually quite far advanced, and maybe that line that used to be rigid isn't there anymore. Especially if your shielding midfield is pushed up as well. So maybe there's an issue at home which needs to be addressed with a tactical tweak. Rather than throwing the baby out of the bathwater, I think what you would what you would ask is what does what does Paddy McNair need to do to get a run of games? Because I don't like this bringing a player in for a match and then ditching him again. Because even the best players in the world need to feel as though they've got a couple of games to get bedded in. You know, he's a he's a bloke who costs serious money. You know, I don't think he's a prolific goal scorer by any stretch, but he does get forward and try and get shots off. And you know, to play him as a wing back or to play him wherever as a right back. Those, those experiments haven't really worked. He's a midfielder who gets forward. That's all he was signed for. So why aren't we saying that, you know, the, the, the midfield isn't functioning. It hasn't done for a long time, really. It's at best adequate. You know, Besic isn't scoring goals. I think he's got two. It's just one-dimensional. Housen doesn't score goals. But, you, know, you know, Clayton's got that sitting role. And then you've got the wide players, Stewie Downing, you know, and whoever plays on the, on the left. So... You know, Savile, Savile needs a, I don't know if Savile's a good player or not I haven't seen enough of him I do but he needs a run Christmas offers that opportunity because there's a lot of games <coughs> in a short time so that if you're going to rotate and, and try something different maybe two or three different individuals now's the time to do it mm. and also I mean, I mean there's no easy games in the championship but these next three you know Reading, Chef Wedding, Ipswich all struggling 
that might be the time to try, uh, you know, Savile and McNair in midfield. I'd quite like to see Barton Ayala at, at the centre back because that's the one pairing we haven't seen. Uh, there might be an argument to maybe look again at the wing backs because that was giving something extra and was giving some width. Uh, and you know, you could try, you know, Tav in, in there or maybe McNair as a wing back. You know, there's possibilities for tweaking it. And when you've had looked at them, you know, what's, the, what's it, nine games between now and the end of January? You know, that, that's plenty of uh, opportunity to, to rest and rotate. The thing that strikes me is um, the wing-backs has been a disaster the last couple of times it's been played. But if you look back to the start of the season, what Pulis did well was put that transfer disappointment not getting the players he wanted behind him and, and thinks and thought, right, how am I now going to get the best out of the players I've got here? And, yeah. he, and he made a system and he, and he pulled together a system that got the best out of his options. In recent he... weeks, he hasn't done that. No. No, Ashley Fletcher isn't a left winger. Brittany Sombolonga isn't yeah. a left winger. Martin no. Braithwaite hasn't looked comfortable on the left for a long time. If, if, if you're going to play that system and you think, you, you, then, you then get the players to suit. Now, I completely understand Pulis's concerns about putting too much too soon on Marcus Tavernier but the fact is if you're going to play 4-5-1 he's got to be one of the players in there at the minute Otherwise, Stuart no Dalton's got to be the other you, you, I mean British on Belonga that, that, that smack to me that selection of he scored we've got to get him in Yeah. but I'm sticking with what I know I'm sticking with 4-5-1 we'll put him on the left he was never going to succeed no. playing on and the left and then Hugel was left exposed I think that I think it's interesting that you make that point about the transfers and you know he got his head round he's going to have to make do and mend for a few matches but it's no, probably no coincidence though that Borough's less impressive form started after the window closed there was a very distinct two parts of the season for me there's before the deadline day and after and I just wonder you know in some respects getting those I wonder if August was a bit well I'll make do and mend because I think I'm going to get Yannick Balassi or somebody like that before the before the start of September and I'll have my wide man and go back to playing the way I want and ever since then it's been a little bit of a fudge do I play a five or do I not play a five I think the, the, the thing that I mean they've mentioned it on the sort of pundits now mention it when they're analysing Burroughs games they've got wise to getting behind Burroughs defence and putting in low balls to the near foot and far post you know just to, that horrible area around the six yard box and it's been proven if you can get behind Burroughs and get balls in there they are vulnerable the, the big defenders but perhaps you know, your Aiden Flint's aren't that mobile compared to a little nippy a little striker. So that, that might be another element that people have, have caught on a little bit. And I just wonder if a little bit of the aura's dropped from middle as well. I agree because, with that, yeah. because, because the first five or six games, teams were scared stiffer. But I mean, you look, I, just, I still go back to this saying, I didn't go to the Leeds game, Borough Leeds. I watched it on telly in the pub. And I remember just how hugely, impressively imposing the Borough players looked in that all red kit on a night when they were full of swagger and confidence and they probably should have won that but that's part of the game isn't it when when a team has a system coaches look to negate it find a way around it find a weakness it's a kind of it's like an arms race Mm. and you have to respond I think early we saw that that Tony Pulis was able to respond he made quite a few tactical changes often in match and Sometimes making a and he has done recently. and he has done against Blackburn. He, he did when it could have gone yeah. badly wrong against yeah. Preston. He did when Borough were really on the ropes. I feel that was forced on him. That wasn't it. It yeah. would have done it anyway, yeah. but yeah. it felt it felt it felt forced on him at Preston because obviously he lost um, just dead. He went off injured, didn't he? And he brought Tab on, and Tab immediately took but the game. To he does yeah. seem to be better when circumstances force a change mm. than when you have 
the luxury of a lot of time to think and a lot of players to pick from. And that's part of, you know, we mentioned in August, for instance, you know, the, the wing-backs was, was out of convenience, not conviction. And that, he was, his hand was forced on that. And very often when there's a situation on the pitch and his hand is forced, he'll make a tactical change that has a marked impact. The only thing that's changed, though, since before and after the window was Bessic, really, wasn't it? Cause, cause and Braithwaite turning up. Yeah, but Savile hasn't really played. No, no. Um, Braithwaite, sort of, best form was before that, the window. Um, so, really, the only real change to the team he's, had, he's, he's, he's kind of made from the team that was starting earlier in the season was whether he goes with Britt or Hugel. And whether or not he plays Bessic, which he has done yeah, most. And with the wing backs, there was two, yeah. two dedicated frontmen. Yeah. Although Braithwaite was a, a one behind the striker, yeah. but there was always two designated uh, forwards. Plus, you always had at least one of the the wide men, the wing backs, was pushing up quite high. So there was more more bodies further forward. I think the thing you touched on, Phil, as well about the aura, um, perhaps not being there anymore. And I, and I do think. I do. I think early in the season, we we heard the same. We we heard the same stuff coming from opposing managers every single week. The physical, they're imposing. The hard to break down. They don't concede goals. They don't concede chances. Yeah, and it, and it was it, it almost stung to me if the players, opposition players, were buying into what the manager was saying yeah. and going into the game uh, almost beaten. Whereas now, I think that aura is gone, and I think even more so. Players are not opposition players are not just starting games with more belief. But then the belief's quickly grown because Borough are starting games so yeah, slowly. Yeah. They fell behind in the first half and four games in the bounce now. Yeah. Now, Blackburn, I don't think Borough's start was brilliant. I don't think it was as good as what Pulis made out. But they were certainly the better side yeah, before Bessic got sent yeah. off. Um, but, they, but for a side that don't score many goals, they're making life so yeah. difficult for themselves, falling behind. Because if you're the opposition team and you go 1-0 up against Borough, you know, this is a side that are struggling yeah. to score one goal, never mind two well, well, that, from behind. That, he mentions it quite a lot, people, it's about the slow start. He particularly mentioned it at Preston, but he also mentioned it at QPR and he's, you know, several times. And I think, well, you can mention it, but it's only you can change that. And, and it must be concerning to him, you know. Again, the Borough got caught a little bit cold, second half against Burton. Now, that, that, you could put that down to a freak, freakish circumstances, but they, they obviously came out for the second half more fired up or, or, more, or, or more committed than Borough did because... That first five ten minutes from from what you know from what you lads have said it was 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 shambolic really. They were up up on the ropes against the League One side who'd made a little tweak. Um, and Burton could have helped themselves to a couple more goals. <coughs> oh, yeah. that first and, and 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 you just think if you've seen that a couple if you've seen that happen four five six seven times, Gaffer, you, somebody somewhere on the pitch is just not going out there. Yeah, but and, but other coaches see it as well. So other coaches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, other so, coaches then replicate. What those teams have done to cause yeah. problems for Borough. But, 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 so it's 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 this thing about an arm, you know an, yeah. an arms race. Borough have to find a way of preventing teams killing the tempo of yeah, the but doors. This, this, well, but they don't, do they? The, the teams now. I mean, QPR. No, they kill, Bur- no, kill Borough's tempo. But Borough don't have a tempo. That's the well, point. In, in August, they were they were they were tearing into teams. Yeah, the intensity long, was incredible. But they haven't for a long time. I know because the shapes change. But it, it, when you're talking about Borough having a slow start. I mean, there's two teams on the pitch, and, and the other team yeah, are, are saying, "Let's slow Borough down." Yeah, I'm not sure. I, it's quite, I don't know whether you can slow Borough down. No, the moment even slow, Well, that's the point I make. I think they look as though they're coming out. They're just a little bit tentative and a bit slow. And I, I don't think. I mean, I go back to the the classic example of taking the sting out of a game was Gordon Strachan, and it, 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 any atmosphere that was in the stadium on on a match day at the Riverside within 15 minutes had gone because he just made sure that Borough never got over the halfway line, and it was like. 
flat and limp and it's, it's sort of as bad as that now because I think the fans have stuck with the team pretty much this season but there is a feeling that I get your point about the opposition getting at Borough and I think it's a wise wise move to, to get straight into Borough rather than letting them settle but I think Borough are the victims of, of their own sort of <coughs> obviously they're not, they're not deliberately going out there to be sluggish or, or lethargic but there's a feeling that they go out there and the Everything's a bit clunky and a bit slow, and they, you know, they're not getting the ball forward. It's very just very often. predictable. Yeah, it is very predictable, and they must be concerned with the gaffer because he keeps mentioning it. Now, whether it's a maybe it's a mindset thing, whether it's a tactical thing, I'm not sure. But you, you like to think Burrow actually got some shots off early on. Well, got I, the crowd up a little bit. I looked earlier today, um, and and. The stats do back up the results. Borough's output in the last four games has been considerably down compared to the first 18 games. They're not having as many shots. They're facing more shots. They're not scoring as many goals. They're conceding more goals. They're not making as many passes. Um, but the, they are sixth, and they do have this run of games where, really, on paper, Borough should still go into January in a position of strength. Have, have you seen any, not chinks of light, because I think that, that's overdoing it, but... Anything where where you where you where you're still confident that Borough can string a run of results together and, and make it because I remember talking to a, a reporter from another team that are in the top six not so long ago and we were just talking about the promotion picture in general and he said that the one team he'd hang his hat on to be in the top two come the end of the season is Borough because he said they're the only team who we can't see having a having a dismal run where they lose two or three games yeah. on the bounce and I thought the same yeah I did. From, from the inside I, I thought the same. I, I just thought Borough were too solid to, to mess up. On the, on, the other, on the other side of that, do they have enough match winners to go on a run of five or six wins on the bounce? I think they've got a strong squad and a system that everyone knows. And it's been undermined by the fact they've started leaking goals. And that's the key thing. The defence has creaked a little bit. Uh, that may be something to do with personnel. It may be something to do with what opposition teams are doing. But if, if you're set up to win 1-0 and you concede, then obviously your battle plan's out the window. So they need to tighten up at the back. I don't mean be defensive. I mean, you know, that, that rigid organisation needs to be there. But they need to, to press up further and get back to the, the high press that they, they had early on. And that might mean putting fresh legs in it. It might mean... Tav and Wing playing more often because we know that they have got the intensity and they can close people down and that forces mistakes in the opposition and that's where Borough can win games uh, if, if they're going to go for the methodical builder then that gives the opposition defence time to get back and then if you're putting, ball in, if you're putting balls into the box and the defence have their back to their goal it's fairly easy to attack the ball and clear it so it's about trying to catch trying to use pace and force mistakes in opposing defences. I mean, that's, it's easy to say it. It's, it's making it happen. How, how do you assess 2018, Phil, on the whole? A bit disappointing, really, got to be honest. Um, well, that, well, is that yeah, disappointing a little bit? Yeah, because I think if Borough were in the top two now, I'd probably say not bad. Because if we were sat here this time last year, Gary Monk was just a couple of days away from being sacked. Um, so... You'd have said 2017 was awful, relegation, and then obviously not, not kicking on in the championship promotion race as we hoped. Uh, Pulis did pretty much everything that was asked of him when he came in, in terms of getting Burr in the playoffs. As it, as it turned out, they probably could, maybe should have won a few more points under Tony. I don't think Burr had a great January window. 
But when you look at the t- the points total that the top two three teams had, it would have been a miracle for Burrow to overhaul those three clubs. It would have required a, a fami- an absolutely phenomenal run. I thought from, they did very well to finish yeah, where they yeah. finished. I think, I think to get in the playoffs, I think the playoffs semi-finals themselves were a grave disappointment. Burrow never really laid a, I think somebody said yes, they never really laid a, laid a, a finger on Villa in, in, two, in you know, 180 minutes worth of football. They, they looked at, you know, they looked, they looked well short in that situation. So it was kind of, um, done okay, sort of C plus, B minus for the first half of the season, and I think up till you'd have to say probably up till the end of November this season was going to plan. Yeah, Whatever you think of the football or the signings, you know it was a difficult summer. But it was hard for Borough to get players in. I think it always is going to be hard now. I think people have unrealistic expectations of what Borough can do in windows. They're just another club now as far as finances go. Attractability, attractiveness to to, to potential suitors. They they still have to pay over the odds to get certain players, so I think I think up up until the end of November, middle of November, not too bad, boring on an A, and then this last month's been concerning because going back to just they've just looked a little bit out of date, dare I say? You know that's a massive blow not being in the semi-finals of that cup. That was a huge opportunity. We'd be sat here now thinking, great, we've got Man City or whoever. You know, over two legs in January, we've got the transfer window. That should be exciting. You know, if Borough can get seven points out of nine in the next three, which I think is the minimum requirement, they'll be back up and pushing for the top three or four spots. Um, so I, that QPI defeat was demoralising. The Burton defeat was even worse. Dropping points at home to teams. Um, it's it's been it's been interesting, hasn't it? It's been a really interesting year. I, but I, I, the mood of the fans is a concern. I've got to say that yeah. going into two thousand and nineteen, as I say, it feels like at the moment Borough are taking one step forward and two back, and the fans aren't prepared to go with the manager at the moment. Yeah, yeah well, it, it does. It does feel like this uh, progress has has dropped off. Uh, I, I think Pulis is perhaps uh, he's coming to an awkward situation because he started from a very high base i.e. Gary Monk had spent 50 million quid and we were going to smash the league and having taken over from that uh, I think he was expected to, to deliver pretty much immediately do you think I think expectation to change by the time he came in in Boxing Day not from fans I don't think oh I do I think there was an acceptance at that stage that Borough weren't going up automatically if you start if you go into the season as, as favourites and having spent that much money in the championship people expect oh lot. yeah but I think and there was if, an acceptance by that stage that the squad was flawed and that the, I mean, was Monk, there or was it that Monk was flawed so you bring in a new man and you expect better results and there were better marginally better results uh, Pulis is points take against Gary Monk was, wasn't dramatically increased but it was enough to get you in the playoffs and I think the expectation was that that increase would, would continue and at the start of the season that we, we did have that steady progression and getting into the top two early maybe raised the bar of expectation so suddenly when you're fourth, fifth, sixth an air of crisis creeps in that probably is undeserved given what the nature of the squad and we said from the beginning it's flawed in key areas and the manager said right from the off that this is not good enough yet because you're in the top two <clears throat> slipping down to four, fifth, six suddenly feels like you're vastly underperforming I think two things um, just, just to point out I think what, what Pulis would argue is the first thing is um, I think the, the dressing room was still fractured when yeah. Pulis came in Monk talked about it in his last press conference. It was, it was really a precursor of what was to come, wasn't it? When he said um, whether he did have an idea as to what was to come, and he talked about people don't realise how difficult it was. And only recently, Pulis talked about how 
he now feels like the dressing rooms together, the, the, the fancy dress and, and this and that. Um, he's talked about the whole club being together, hasn't he? Con- uh, a lot of talk about the academy and, yeah. and, and now the club is a one. Um, and the other thing Pulis had pointed to is the fact that Borough are better off in, in a league position. Just, they should have got the League Cup semi-final, disastrous at the haven't. But they're better off in a league position. And, and he sold key players and made, made, made a profit in that time. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a fair, I, that. I think it's a fair argument. I think what one thing the moment if you pulled a few Borough fans in here now and just have the conversation, they'd be saying we shouldn't be nine points off the top, we shouldn't be eight points oh, behind absolutely. second. We shouldn't be that But just I think that's and, what Pulis and, 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 and Yeah, and I agree with a lot of what you've said. And I think I think what Pulis Pulis's detractors would say is that well look at Leeds, they haven't really spent a great deal. They've just changed the manager and they're playing a different way and they've suddenly dug five results out of nowhere and People, Borough fans will say, well, we played Norwich and we were awful that day and we still should have got a draw. How are Norwich now eight points above us? What, so what's gone wrong? Played and Sheffield and, and, and I, think, I think there's a danger. I totally get the point that they're so Triori and so Ben Gibson. I think there's a danger. Suddenly this squad's not very good. One minute it seems everyone else outside of Teesside thinks it's a great squad and people in Teesside think it's flawed. There are flaws in but there's flaws in every squad. <laughs> there are not many championship clubs where somebody wouldn't say, our right-back's hopeless, we need a new right-back, or our, we, 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 we're just so weak in the middle of the pitch. Or, you know, every, there's a reason why clubs are in the championship quite often, and that's because you know, there, are, there are flaws in the squad. So I think it's, you know, it's an expensive squad, they're on big money, um, you know, comparatively to, 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 to a lot of... I know there'll be clubs coming down with parachute payments and things like that, and that always makes it... And, and fans are less forgiving if, if you've got a big price tag. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Borough Bur- Bur- you know, Bur- spent, you know, in championship terms, big money on players on Savile, on Aidan Flint, on, on Paddy McNair, and only one of those players is playing anything like regular first-team football as well. So, there are issues, you did inherit a lot of issues... You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, he inherited people like Ashley Fletcher. I mean, I, I still can't get made around last January's window to bring someone in like Jack Harrison. You, I said at the time he was never going to play kick a ball, and he, he virtually didn't kick a ball. Borough needed impact players in that month. We all said it. We all knew exactly what they needed, and it felt like that. Well, that was a signing just for the sake of it. Uh, Lewis Baker as well, for that matter, didn't barely kick the football. Um, and I, I wonder if the, the next window is going to be something similar. I hope not. I hope they can get at least one wide player in. There's going to be some pressure on him, though, isn't it? If he does, it's going to have to be an absolute miracle work. Well, I'm sure that'll um, take complete control of our next four or five podcasts as we look ahead to, to 2019. But thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening all year. Uh, we'll have plenty more to come in, in the new year when we look ahead to the January window, obviously. Have a brilliant Christmas, a great new year, and here's hoping we're going to get back on track with a few wins. Ho, ho, ho.